0: Hi everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives and change hearts. Hey, everybody. We are finished with our series on how to pray and get what you pray for. So if you don't know how to pray and get what you pray for, you need to go to our YouTube channel, Love Him, Love Them. And you can go back and uh, watch those videos. You can watch some of them. You can listen to some of them. But, uh, you're in a position in your life where you need to be able to pray and get what you pray for, uh, I really, really want you to go back and listen to those. So we are going to start a new series. It's going to be a lot shorter. I'm not going to go that long this time, but it's a a topic that I really want to share with you just because everything I talk to you about is stuff that I need to know, right? So I'm kind of using you to (laughs) make me study, right? And one of the biggest things that we need right now in our lives is security, Um, I'm going to tell you why, but it's a very hot topic for me right now because of what we recently had to do in Haiti. So Love Him, Love Them, for those of you who are not familiar with us, we are an organization that operates in the country of Haiti. We have churches, we have a transition home, we have a hospital, we have orphanages, we have a guest house. Um, And we were forced as a board of directors to go into many, many meetings about this when recently our hospital in Haiti was raided by gangs They came up to our little window and pulled it open. They were actually coming to us for ammunition. These gangs were out of ammunition, and they thought our security guards were armed and had ammunition. We actually weren't armed at that time. Um, So instead, they took—his name is Calypso. He's one of my favorite, favorite people in Haiti. He uh, He looks like the Incredible Hulk is what he looks like, but he's not green. He's the sweetest little teddy bear there is, but he's huge. But these gang members, you know, so you can do whatever you want when you've got an AK-47. They ended up taking his motorbike and his transportation and they beat our other security guard with their, with their gun, even though it was not loaded. We didn't, they didn't know it at the time and beat Eddie over the head. And it was at that point in time that we decided we got to do something. And then actually the police in Galat-Chambon, which is where we're located in Haiti, came back and said, do not open up that that compound, that particular compound. We have six different locations. That particular compound in Haiti has our hospital, our transition home, a K through 12 school, our church. And then we also have some of our chickens and pigs and goats there. Um, And so they just said, I mean, we had gotten to the point where the gangs were coming in and holding guns to our doctor's heads saying, You've got to fix us before you do anything else. So we went back and forth and back and forth. And we, we, our board talked a lot about what we're going to talk about tonight. How do you know where to put your security? How... What do you do about that? So I'm going to go ahead and tell you what we – no, I'm not. I'm going to tell you at the end what we did because you know what? Everybody wants security. It doesn't really matter where you live. It doesn't matter what you do. I mean, look right now just in the news. Do you think the Supreme Court justices would like to have some security right now? (laughs) Look at our Senate. Look at our Congress. I mean, look at a homeless person living under a bridge. Do you think they would like to make sure that their things were secure? So it doesn't really matter if you're living in the United States of America or if you're living in a third world country everybody wants security. We all want security in our marriages. Hello, can I get a amen? We want financial security. We want security for just our stuff, you know? If you happen to live on the lake and you have a boat or if you got a motorcycle parked out front, I mean, we all have what's that thing, ring that they had on Shark Tank where you can see everything and everybody before you come to the door. You know, we want security in our cars. We want, I, I know some of my kids have uh, passwords on their phones. You want security on your phones. You want security on your computers. One of our our daughters, Radovka who's here from Haiti and is going to school last week, she was in a biology lab and they're, which please tell me how you can do a biology lab virtually, but uh, let's don't go there. So anyways, I guess you pour this stuff in using the dragon thing or whatever. During her biology lab, someone took over her computer and pornographic videos started playing in the middle of her doing her biology lab. And then she started getting threatening uh, messages via the, the person that had taken over a computer that if she didn't give them money, uh, they were going to put pictures up and this, that, and the other and all sorts of stuff. Horrible, horrible things. So we want our computers even to be secure, right? And you know what else we want security in? We want it in our hearts and in our souls. So in some ways we can and we have attained security. Maybe it is with a password. Maybe it is with a security system. That's such a joke at our house because we <laughs> we actually put a security system in with our first set of five kids because we, were, we would travel a lot. and We wanted to make sure that when they said they were home, they were home. So we would put a camera even in the driveway and in different places. But then we would forget to turn it on. We would forget to lock the doors. We would forget to do everything. So our family is not a good security camera family. Um, but, you know, the bottom line is none of us have achieved total security. However, there is a completely different way that we can. And that is the wisdom of God— coming to us through the pages of the bible. Do you know that that is one way that offers us total security? Just listen. Proverbs 133. Here's wisdom from Proverbs 133. Whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. That is a good deal. I mean, if you had that on a security system, people would buy it. I think I'm going to start selling Proverbs 133. Whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease. That's total security, people. That's security physically, emotionally. That is complete security. So once we open up our ears and we listen to what wisdom tells us, that kind of lets us in on the fact that there are really two realms of security. Okay? There's what's temporary or... um, I mean, the word for it is really temporal, but it's just not a word I would normally use, so I'm not going to say that. It's temporary or worldly. I like worldly. And then there's also the eternal realm. So the security that wisdom offers us is in the eternal realm. On the other hand, since everything we do as humans to get security here on Earth, the only success that we can really get here on Earth is temporary, right? It's not permanent. The basis of that security that the Bible offers is a direct effect of the offer of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, this is really, to be honest with you, it's it's a hot topic right now, this personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is really getting tossed around a lot in the world today as far as who he is, what he means whether or not he's the only way to heaven. So I just want to tell you what Psalm 23, what the offer he makes to us is there. David says in Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack anything. Now that's security in time in this life, right? The supply of all my needs is guaranteed on the basis of, of my personal relationship to the Lord. So that's what he's saying. The Lord is my shepherd, my personal relationship with him. He's my shepherd. My sheep know my voice. I, we have a, uh, Marine, which is a storage unit that donates, um, storage units for us for Haiti. We collect, collect, collect. We we take 2,500 pairs of shoes every month to Haiti. And so it takes us a while to get those together before we can ship them over in the container. So we put them in the storage unit first. We have medical supplies, x-rays. Somebody just gave me two more dental chairs last night to go into our hospital. But we have to have a place to put those first. So Rocky is a good friend of my husband's. And so he gives us those storage units. So the other night we were up there for some reason, I can't remember, but Rocky just... (laughs) He also has cows. So he um, we get all of our hamburger meat and our steaks and whatever from him. Grass fed beef. But I mean, who cares? We do it just because we love him. But he just had three new baby cows born. And he was telling us the story. We we went up on the other. He lives on the other side of the storage units. And so we went up on the other side. There was a, a red one. He said he's calling Ruby. I think he was making fun of me. I don't really think he did have names for him. But, and two little black cows. Uh, and we were talking about it. And he said, uh, he said, you know, Linda, all I have to do is say. And you have to know, Rocky. I mean, he wears a cowboy hat all the time. He goes, all I have to say is, come on, come on. He said, when I say, come on, those cows come running, right? And all I could think of was the sheep know the shepherd's voice. Right. He even told us a story. He told David and I a story about how he was selling some cows and he took them to the thingamabob, whatever the places where you go and sell cows. And his cows went in with all these other cows and uh, they were all roaming around and people were looking at them. I mean, they were tagged and stuff. But he said that when he was ready to go, he ended up not selling the cows. When he was ready to go, he walked up where all those cows were. And he goes, come on. (laughs) And his cows came out just his cows came out so the the bottom line is when he's your shepherd he, we know his voice right he knows who we are it's a per- he i hate to break this to rocky and his wife but rocky has a personal relationship with those cows the supply of all my needs is guaranteed on my personal relationship to the lord i lack nothing and look then in verse 4 in that same psalm david speaks out about the transition out of time into eternity. So he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you, the Lord, are with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So there is security, not just in this life, but also in the next world. So in that moment of transition, David was absolutely confident when he wrote this that the Lord would be with him and would receive him into eternity and that the same confidence is available to each one of us. You know, we have a friend, Irene, uh, Irene Jackson. She's in our home group and her husband passed away. I know it's probably been two years now. It seems like it was just yesterday, but then sometimes it seems like it was 10 years ago. But my husband and several actually, I think, Michael, weren't you there, too? Several guys from our home group were actually in the room whenever Tom was passing away. They were there praying and and just being there with Irene. And literally, he saw—I should let somebody else tell this story. I think I am going to interview Irene and let her share this with you. The fact of the matter is there was no fear. He was literally—you could tell he was seeing things. And the way David tells the story is Tom's feet started moving. He was laying in the bed— But it was like he was walking toward Jesus. It was like he was seeing this. There was no fear, no anxiety, no nothing. He was ready to go. So I will fear no evil, even though I watched through the valley of the shadow of death. That is true security and true confidence that the Lord would be with him and would receive him into eternity. And the same confidence is available to each one of us. We just have to make that same decision. And that same commitment that the Lord is our shepherd. I want I want us to talk for just for a couple of weeks, a couple of different times. Uh, and if you miss one, don't worry, you can go to our YouTube channel, Love Him, Love Them, and see the other episodes. But how do we find security in this life? I mean, what about when times when we're really in trouble? Or what about times when our finances are a hot mess? In our prayer room this past week, um, which if you ever need prayer, Love Him, Love Them, has a 24-hour prayer team. Um, but we also have a clubhouse room called Prayerpreneurs. And in the room just this past Friday, four people in that room were going to lose their homes within a week and a half due to these just really, really – Interesting situations. So I can't wait to see from the prayers what uh, what is going to happen with that. But what do you do in a big time of trouble like that? Or what about emotional security? We're going to look for the next couple of weeks about how God provides security in those situations and also the conditions that we have to meet in order to qualify for this security in each of the, those areas of our lives. So what about security security? In a time of trouble. What about, I mean, big time trouble? Like, what about war? I mean, can you imagine if you were living in Ukraine right now? I mean, I just, I heard just on the news the other day about people that have been underground living for like, what, 90 days now? I mean, you know, usually we do have to hear about stuff like war and famine By reading the Old Testament or reading a history book. And yet now we're living with both of these things right in our face. We're living with war in Haiti. I mean, we have Haitians killing Haitians. We have Haitians beheading Haitians. Uh, War in their own country. Haitians that are not allowing food to get out to their own own people. It, It makes no sense. And famine? If I have time, I'm going to tell you a story about the famine that we're actually dealing with in Haiti right now. So I want to share with you what those conditions are. What are the conditions of being able to have security during war? What are the conditions of being able to have security during famine? Psalm 91, my favorite, favorite chapter in the whole Bible. I've memorized this. I encourage you to memorize this. Uh, Every intern that we have that goes to Haiti is a requirement that they memorize this. Um, So listen closely. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart and you will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your right hand, a thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand may fall at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked." If you say, listen, if you, there's the if then, if you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling place, then no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. That's the first 10 verses. Do you hear the conditions that are mentioned that come into that place of total security. He starts out in verse one and he says, he who dwells in the shelter of the most high, now, in the King James Version, which I don't like to use the King James Version, but I'm going to use this example right here. I'm using it tonight just for Shirley Phillips and for Doug Vermilia, who both love the King James Version, um, who quote me. If I, if I don't use the King James Version, they call me during the show and tell me that I'm not using the right scriptures, but that's okay. In the King James Version, the Most High is translated as the secret place. And the root meaning of the Hebrew word there. Is secret. So it's he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. That speaks of a continuing position with God. It's not just somebody who, in the middle of a hot mess or a crisis, goes running in and trying to find a secret place, but it's somebody who is dwelling there, who's living there who's constantly thinking there, somebody who's permanently abiding. And their situation, it's, it's, they're in the secret place, the place of the most high. Here's the question. How do you get there? How, how do you get to the secret place? Well, you'll have to listen to next week's podcast <laughs> because next week I'm going to tell you exactly how to get to the secret place. So don't don't miss that. If you do happen to miss it, uh, you can watch that on our YouTube channel, Love Him, Love Them. I'm going to tell you exactly how to get to the secret place. But for now, what I want you to understand is there is a condition, and it's that we have to dwell in a certain place. Otherwise, the security is not guaranteed to us. And that is a pretty good benefit package, that Psalm 91, all all those things it offers. We will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. The word that is translated rest at this place in the Bible is often used to refer to a place that you spend the night. So this is suggesting that during the night, during the hours when it's dark, that we will have a place of complete protection. I want you to know I really, really struggle with that in Haiti because when it gets dark in Haiti, Mommy Linda gets scared. That is all there is to it. And I really have lots of good reasons to be scared. Uh, If you're listening to this and you've been on a mission trip with me to Haiti, you'll know that um, like after year four, I refused to sleep in the valley because I had a horrible, horrible experience in the valley. I was sleeping in our church. All the ladies were sleeping in the church and the guys, I don't know where the guys were, but for one reason or another— and the story is so disgusting um a bat flew in to the middle of the church while there were and and literally peed from the ceiling in the church and guess where it landed right on mummy linda's face <laughs> and i had a mosquito net over me and was, if you can imagine me trying to get this net off of me with this liquid that is on my face, I had no idea what it was. I thought the roof was leaking until all the lovely ladies that were so kind and filled of the Holy Spirit were beside me. We were like, Linda, that was from that bat that just flew in here. That's what you've got. So I am not a, fa- a fan of the dark. Uh, I could tell you story after story of things that have happened in the dark in Haiti that will just make you— that's why we have to memorize Psalm 91. And that's why we make sure our interns know it. I want to tell you of a more recent story. Uh, my daughter just got back from Oklahoma. Her uncle passed away. Um, she literally just got back last night. But her, her uncle, so my daughter, uh, Gina, her mother passed away when she, her birth mother passed away when she was nine years old. And now her uncle passed away when her cousin is nine years old. And so uh, even though they live in Oklahoma, it was a very expensive flight. It was a a long ways out there. Gina just really felt compelled that she needed to go out and minister and speak truth to this little girl because she's lived through what she's going through. And so she told me the other night, she said, I think he died three weeks ago. And, And Gina said, Mommy Linda, neither the mom or the daughter have slept more than an hour. She said, it's almost as if once it becomes dark... They just get really, really scared, she said, and they just don't have any security to feel safe to be able to go to sleep at night. So it's it's a real thing, right? It's a real thing. The second condition in verse two, it says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. Okay, so that's another really important condition. Because for most people, the Lord is the furthest thing from our refuge. And we we run to antidepressants. We run to smoking, to drinking, to eating. I'm I'm a prime example of that. We want to fill up that void in our soul and in our spirit with something that can satisfy us right now. Right? We want, even though it's a temporary fix and it's sin and it never works, we still keep going back after the same thing. So this is saying we got to say of the Lord that he is our refuge. He is our fortress. Personal confession of our faith in God and our relationship to him, that's another condition. It's got to be a bold personal confession of our relationship with him. There's so many times when people are in conversations with people and they just don't want to even admit that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. We don't just believe in our heart. We need to say it with our mouth. You know, another place in the Psalms, it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I mean, come on, people. So whom, I, whom he has redeemed out of the hand of the enemy. Redemption is not effective until we say it. And we make it effective by our own personal confession. What about all these ways of trouble that we are given given protection from that are listed in this chapter? I mean, here's the benefit package. The fowler's snare, the deadly pestilence, the terror by night, the arrow that flies by day. If you don't know what that arrow is that flies by day, go read Ephesians 6. The pestilence in the darkness. I heard the kids going outside the other night to get something out of the car, and I heard Merlinda screaming at the top of her lungs, and there was a snake that had gone across the driveway. Uh, that was the pestilence in the darkness. The plague at midday. And then in verse 7, it says, Anything that lays men low, a thousand may fall at your side. 10,000 may fall at your right hand, but it is not going to come near you. That's a boldness and a confidence. You know, there's many stories of this from our hospital in Haiti, of times that I've been there praying for people um, in the waiting room, people that have contagious diseases, people that have rashes that are wide open, people that have scabies uh, that... You know, you would normally never even want to go near them, but the promises in this verse really, really help me with that, that when I'm there and when I'm praying with the boldness and the confidence, I'm not telling you to be stupid, but, and, and not use wisdom, but God has protected me over and over and over again of times that I've been praying for people in that hospital, in that waiting room that, uh, I've walked out of that country pain-free, completely healthy. Now, I have left in a wheelchair before because I was dehydrated and went and listened when it was 99 degrees outside. Uh, But I've never left because of a plague or something that hit me. You know, famine is currently on the brink of our locations in Haiti. We uh, actually just made the decision this week. I want to show you this Um, for those of you who are watching on YouTube. This is how we feed our children in Haiti. This is our partner, Feed the Hunger. Um, we pack thousands and thousands of these meals. You can pack thousands and thousands of these meals. And we literally have two containers full of these meals of rice and beans in Haiti right now. Okay, that sounds like a great thing, right? It's not just rice and beans. It also has vitamins in it, supplements in it, and spices in it. And our girls call it Tipanu. And even our girls who are in America, they would rather have a bag of Tipanu, which is what they grew up in the orphanage. You'd think they'd never want to see it again, but they'd rather have this than Chick-fil-A or McDonald's. Sorry, guys. But here's the deal. We cannot get those containers of food out to our children. We are on the brink of a famine in the country of Haiti. And we literally, based on Genesis 41, where Joseph gathered food. Do you remember that? Do you remember when Joseph told the king, you need to, you're going to have seven years of abundance, you better take some cream of the crop off the top and put it in some storage units because you're going to have seven years of, of famine? That's what we're doing in the country of Haiti right now because we can't get what we have to where we need to be. And we're literally paying people. So it's costing us an additional $3,000 a month to buy food when we already have food. And we're paying people to go to locations near the Dominican Republic, uh, in different cities. It's very difficult to find a city right now where the gangs are not. But we're buying little bits of of rice at a time, little bits of beans at a time, and using those to feed our children and then also storing up as much as we can store up. So that as this famine that seems to be absolutely no way that it's not going to happen, that we will have that food. So if you would like to come alongside of us to help us with that, you can go to our website at love him, love Uh, You know, $3,000 divided between the 1,500 students and teachers that that food is going to feed comes out to about $0.12 cents a day per person. So if you happen to have an extra $0.12 cents laying around that you could come alongside of us and help us with that, we would greatly appreciate it to help provide some security for those kids. I love Psalm 91. I want us to all understand how to dwell in the secret place. And I invite you to join me in receiving these benefits that we can get from Psalm 91. I want to encourage you until we get back together again, to you read through that and see, is there something that you need to do to make the Lord your shepherd so that you shall not want? Don't forget to love Him and love them as you go throughout this week. I can't wait to talk to you next time about how do we get into that secret place.